love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebley and Toth. It's episode 89. By the clock on the wall, or the calendar on the wall, or some damn thing. Who who knows who cares? Some kind of timekeeping device, I'm not sure. Do you remember <laughs> do you remember the old uh, Stephen Wright routine? I loved Stephen Wright. He said he had a, a defective phone, it didn't have any sixes. And um <laughs> One of his friends said, hey, how, why haven't you called me? He said, I, I can't. I, I'm, my phone doesn't have any sixes. He goes, well, how long have you had that? I don't know. My calendar doesn't have any Februaries. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was one of one of the single most intelligent yeah. stand-up comics. Very intelligent, very entertaining. Yeah, way ahead of his time. I think of him every every time I see a, a moving truck because I remember one of his <laughs> first jokes that I heard. I think it was on an HBO Young Comedian special. And, you know, he would just sort of pace back and forth yeah. on the stage. Mm-hmm. And it came off as stream of consciousness. And mm-hmm. he said, I'm moving to Mars. So if you have any boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I was... Oh sitting in my living room and i have one of those light switches that doesn't do anything every once in a while i get up and flick it up and down one day i got a letter from a woman in china and said hey cut it out <laughs> all right we're done we're done we're done yeah but we're uh, on to telling if you are on to telling stories now if you've never experienced <laughs> Stephen wright uh check him out look him up on youtube check him out on youtube yeah for yeah, sure he's yeah cool. he's he's the bomb he's the bomb the bomb yeah. That's what the youngsters say, right? Well, they did back in what, the 70s, 80s? <laughs> yeah, something. I think. I think it was right before Whoop, There It Is. Followed quickly by uh, Who Let the Dogs Out. Oof, oof. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Uh, do you enjoy an energy drink, JG? I used to enjoy them quite a bit, but I have cut down on my caffeine intake. Uh, so mm-hmm. not anymore. Do you consider yourself at all a gamer, a professional gamer? No, I don't consider myself an amateur gamer, let alone (laughs) one that would qualify for the professional tour. I gotcha. Well, not surprisingly, 
my story. And by the way, I guess I'm going first because I just jumped, <laughs> I just jumped into this without even asking. Natural flow of things, buddy. Those two things, energy drinks and the gaming profession, I guess not surprisingly, often go together. Of because these, uh, these, and I realize that there are women too. I, when I first think gamer, I automatically think of a guy in his late 20s, early 30s. But there are, there are women who are gamers as well. So I don't want to come off as of course. sexist or misogynistic when I, when I talk about gaming. Um, I didn't realize until I started researching the story that energy drinks, I, I thought of those as really brand new. But did you know that the very first energy drink appeared here in the U.S. in 1949? No, I did not know that. Nor did I. Nor did I. It was it was actually called Dr. Enough, E-N-U-F. <laughs> <laughs> and their slogan was, enough is enough. <laughs> and uh, you can actually still find this no. on on amazon yeah in my mind i'm picturing uh like the old timey snake oil salesman labels you know like you'd buy it (laughs) off the back of a horse-drawn truck or something and sure in a small town somewhere and you'd buy it from a guy who looked like the wizard of oz like the used car salesman look of the 1800s that's exactly what i'm trying to say the striped suit and the bowler hat and the big mustache (laughs) and he talks a little too fast Mm -hmm. So apparently this uh, this started in the U.S. in 1949. The very first energy drink was Dr. Enough. And just as a general rule, energy drinks for the terms of of, uh, description here are a class of products that typically contain a lot of caffeine. And that's sort of their their magic, their magic uh, act. You know, their their skill is they like a jolt to the thalamus. <laughs> they, they just pour massive amounts of caffeine into your system. And gamers, because they are frequently sitting in front of a screen for hours on end. I didn't know this, but some gamers work as much as 50 to 70 hours a week. Well, it's not work if you love it, Linz. No, I guess it's not. No. Much like this podcast, eh, JG? It's exactly right. It doesn't feel like work, sir. Indeed, it's a privilege. You mentioned the word jolt. Do you remember jolt cola? Sure do. Yeah. It's still around, too. I didn't know that. I didn't know you could still get the jolt. Their slogan was something like two times the sugar and twice the caffeine or something like that. I was always impressed with that marketing. It was like, we're not going to try and, you know, hide things (laughs) or paint them as as you know something something healthy and special sort of like uh i was always impressed with with uh the snack the uh pretzel called mr salty remember that i do (laughs) sure i thought good for you (laughs) yeah we're not gonna pull the low sodium card on you we're gonna our our product is called mr salty (laughs) damn it (laughs) have yourself a handful of our pretzels screw your thyroid See how many gallons of water you need within 10 minutes. (laughs) Well, energy drinks uh, here in the U.S. have been increasing 
dramatically in terms of sales, especially the last two decades. And as I said, they're extremely popular among adolescents and young adults. And you and I have seen, you know, print ads, TV spots. Uh, they're, they're really marketed with that claim that they give you an energy boost to improve your physical and cognitive performance. I right. confess I have never in my life had one. I had a sip of Red Bull one time maybe seven, eight years ago. And you haven't slept since. And it, it took me a week to come down from that. But I, mm. I remember s- doing my best to swallow it and thinking, oh, I don't think I ever need to drink this again. <laughs> yeah. And I know there are people who, who love themselves the Red Bull. They actually launched back in 1997. And this, this just amazed me in researching this story. The U.S. retail market value for energy drinks is currently between 19 and $20 billion a year. So Dr. Enough was on to something at a very early stage. He was way ahead of his time, wasn't he? Enough is enough back in 1949. If he had just stuck with it, <laughs> he'd, he'd be a, a billionaire. Yeah, and also 140. <laughs> <laughs> and wired like nobody's business. It hasn't slept since the 40s. Well, the reason I bring this up is we have a a story, and again, for HIPAA purposes, they don't share the patient's name. They just call him J.S., okay. the initials. Mm-hmm. He uh, shows up at the hospital, and he is in really really bad shape but he uh, he has already gotten sick to his stomach he's he's thrown up at his desk he's you know uh, almost delirious he's dizzy someone finally says hey buddy we got to get you to the hospital but he reluctantly agreed and gets taken to the hospital but for some reason didn't tell the doctors, at least at first, just what he had ingested prior to getting sick. Aha. Yeah, yeah. And I know that you and every listener we have knows exactly where this is headed. And damn it, you're exactly right. (laughs) What he didn't tell the doctors was that just to sort of impress his coworkers, he did one of those Hey, guys, watch this things. Hold my Red Bull. <laughs> Hold my Red Bull, not my beer. In, a, in a, a window of 10 minutes time, he chugged one dozen full cans of energy drink. And he did this to impress his coworkers. Just to show off to his coworkers, huh. hey, watch, you know, watch what daddy can do with a couple of Red Bulls. <laughs> What kind of job did he have? He was a professional lifelong gamer. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. He did admit, and this this is this is one of the reasons this fascinates me as a story. He later admits that he didn't have any friends growing up. Ah. Which I think is extremely telling. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering if 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 that's the case, if you didn't have any friends growing up, you're probably not. Uh, strong in terms of social skills, 
I'm guessing. I don't know that for fact, but if if you haven't had friends growing up, you're probably a little more solitary. And that, to me, seems to fit in with that gamer's kind of all I need is my screen. Right, right. And a fast computer and, you know, seven to eight hours a day where people will leave me alone because I'm <laughs> I'm living on Red Bull yeah. and uh, probably not much else. So he he later uh, admits to doctors that he was just trying to impress his colleagues and he chugged these one dozen cans of energy drinks in just 10 minutes. I can't fathom drinking uh, 10, can, 10 cans of water or, or 12 <laughs> cans of water in 10 minutes. Does water come in cans where you live? Uh, it does, actually. It's called canned water. I've heard of that. Yeah. 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 We get it straight from the river. So this doctor who treats J.S. says that uh, J.S. actually cops to it confesses and says hey here's what i did and then he says to the doctor that after chugging all 12 of those drinks he quote didn't feel well Mm. unquote Mm. so to take his mind off of everything rather than say hey guys i don't feel so well he just sat back down and started playing games and that's when we were off to the races because as he's sitting there and his body is trying to absorb these 12 energy drinks, he starts to have, not surprisingly, heart flutters. But he thinks to himself, well, that's probably just just the caffeine from 12 cans of energy drink. So after, after these heart flutters start, he realizes he's now developing back pain. Now, I don't know about you, buddy, but if I'm if I'm experiencing both those things at the same time, even even one of those, maybe the heart flares might be enough where I would decide to call 911 and take a ride in the shiny red truck. (laughs) Uh, But he's got heart flutters. He's got back pain. So he decides, well, I'll calm things down. I'll get a shot of whiskey. Mm. So he takes a shot of alcohol. And starts feeling worse, and then he actually gets sick to his stomach in the sink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, again, that's where you or I would say, okay, I think I need to get to a hospital. But JS didn't do that, Jethro. He decided to wait a day to make sure that maybe this thing is just going to go away by itself. (laughs) waited for a whole day and then realizes okay i can't eat anything i can't drink anything (laughs) i feel like holy hell and he admits himself to a hospital where he promptly throws up on a nurse's shoes oh no not on the shoes this guy is not having a good 24 hours nor is the nurse nor is the nurse who just wanted to show up and help people and not have to throw her shoes in the washer, for the love of God. Well, doctors start doing tests on this guy, and they discover that he has developed acute pancreatitis, which, of course, is uh, 
the the pancreas right he has downed so much of this stuff the, these high levels of caffeine sugar and the other chemicals in the energy drinks his pancreas had actually begun and i i gotta say this is a trigger warning his pancreas had begun digesting itself oh. can you freaking believe that oh it had begun digesting itself yeah, it yeah was, i heard you was, the first time Liz. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just want <laughs> It's just that when I read that sentence the first time, I thought, no, I must have misread that. I rubbed my eyes. <laughs> Did that say, I didn't know your pancreas could even digest itself. He is, you know, spiraling out of control. And they at one point think we might actually lose this guy. Oof. But praise be to God. They step in, they put him on, uh, uh, I believe it was saline drip to get moisture back in his system, antibiotics, and by God, he made a full recovery from this near-death experience of chugging 12 energy drinks in 10 minutes, followed by... A shot of whiskey <laughs> followed by 24 hours of moaning in bed at home thinking, maybe this will just go away. I'm surprised that he didn't keep one-upping it. You know, he goes from the <laughs> 12 cans of whatever energy drink that was to a shot right. of whiskey and then straight to Drano. Liquid plumber, something. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Bleach, perhaps? Clorox? <laughs> sure, why not? If you've got it handy, you know, whatever's closest. I mean, don't go to extremes, but if, if it's in your, you know, linen closet, yeah. <laughs> so the doctor who examined his, uh, this, this gentleman and treated him said that it's, it's a cautionary tale. He said, most people know energy drinks can be dangerous when consumed in excess, if you have one once in a while, you're young and healthy, probably not a big deal. But if you start chugging multiple cans back to back, bad things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. He posted this video actually on YouTube as a cautionary tale to others. And one of the commenters following the video, a guy named Jack, said, quote, a huge lesson to take from many of these videos is to always tell your doctor what you did, even if it's embarrassing. <laughs> Feeling embarrassed is a lot better than dying yeah. or living with severe damage mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. That's amazing. Probably you don't expect me to say this, but <laughs> my, my story is about that. People who show up oh. at the ER with ridiculous excuses as to how they obtained their injuries. I love this about us. It's just, it's tying right this together. It sounds like, like we do pre-production, like we, we actually put some time and energy into this thing. Yeah, we lucked out this time. We got, we got incredibly lucky. <laughs> I got this from Statista.com and the Daily Mail. Hey, did I mention that the pancreas was actually starting to digest itself? Oh my God. That? When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. 
But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Raw lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You wash your car, what, once a week, maybe every other week? And it's, you know, pretty clean, right? But what if you could get your car cleaner than you ever imagined? Welcome to Holy Water Car Wash. We not only feature professional-grade soft brushes, soap, and hot ceramic car wax, but we're the only car wash in town that uses real holy water to rinse it all off. Blessed by a real priest, our holy water not only rinses your car to a beautiful shine, but it protects you and your car from accidents. Because holy water protects you from harm wherever you go. And it rids your car of sin, because it's, you know, holy. Holy Water Car Wash, just off Interstate 4 in Orlando. Holy Water Car Wash, we'll wash the hell out of your car. Our email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. This email comes to us from a listener named Grace. I think that's a lovely, lovely name. I actually have a very dear friend in Orlando, of all places, named Grace. Any friends named Grace? I don't have any friends. Um, oh, okay. Well, so. <laughs> Other than you. Well, keep this up and we'll see how long that lasts. Okay. Grace, Grace writes, Dear lifeguards, I have my own ill-planned story to share. I often foster dogs and puppies for a local rescue. Currently in my care is a litter of eight 12-week-old pups. When they were younger, they stayed in an indoor space. However, as they've gotten older, I've transitioned them to an outdoor pen with dog houses. Normally, this works very well. Though over the past week, our area has been pelted with rain. This rain has been relentless. I don't think it stopped raining for 24 hours. I felt badly that the pups were in their outdoor pen with only their dog houses, warm and dry, to be in for the night, so I decided to bring them inside. I no longer have the space for them in the back room, but hey, one side fence of the pen is two puppy pens stacked on top of each other. I thought I could just take the top one off and make a pen inside for them. Oh, how very wrong I was. <laughs> chaos, comma, utter chaos ensued. Five quickly showed me they could clamber over the now shortened fence, and despite my valiant efforts, they swarmed me as I tried to escape into the house to set up their very short fenced <laughs> indoor pen. Within moments, the four I could catch de- <laughs> demonstrated just how agile and strong they could be, climbing swiftly over and then toppling the pen. <laughs> Now, five howling puppies have careened through the house as I struggle to set up our largest crate. With the crate erected, I stealthily caught them one by one, having to force the others back and shut the door quickly. The howling and yelling from the three pups still left outside (laughs) prompted an emergency response phone call from my neighbor who was concerned that something terrible was afoot. Oh, no. After assuring the neighbor that all was well, I tromped off to the backyard to retrieve a taller puppy den. Of the three remaining, one clambered over the pen and my teen grabbed the other two. I hastily surrounded the crate with the new pen. Wet and filthy puppies yipping all the while, we delicately covered the floor with a layer of newspapers and finally unleashed the hounds from their crate confinement. (laughs) 
As if our efforts were meaningless, the pups immediately shredded each and every page of newspaper, dragging pieces to every corner of the pen. The lovingly placed fluffy blanket in the crate was promptly urinated upon. Mm -hmm. Frenzied turmoil befell us as all eight energetic pups bounced around their new surroundings. With all the patience I could muster, I was able to dry off each pup and show them a little love. They shared their mud with me as I was soon <laughs> covered in their muck as well. I gently reminded them that tiny teeth on human skin is naughty and we must all wait our turn to be snuggled. They have yet to grasp the concept mm. of these two very important ideas. <laughs> Guys, I did begin to regret my decisions as I know in the morning I will have quite the disaster area to clean up. Plus, rehanging the way too short puppy pen I had disassembled. However, just as I felt those pangs, the torrent of rain beat down upon the house with a fury. I know in my heart that I had made the right choice. Aww. I've attached several pictures of the little ragamuffins. Although they are a lot of work, I do adore them and saving little lives. And she includes a photo of some of the single cutest puppy faces Aww. you have ever seen in your life. I love God, it. they are adorable. Good work. Good work. And so, Grace, thank you so much for doing the work to take care of animals who can't take care of themselves. God bless you. You probably know that the shallow end has a special place for animals, dogs in particular. Growing up, my mom had a little teacup poodle, tiny little poodle. That oh, yeah. I could okay. actually put him in my parka pocket. It was very, very cold in the winter time, of course, in northern Maine. And so she didn't feel right putting him outside. So she paper trained him and he was oh, so smart. He understood the concept perfectly, almost too well. I walked into a room one time and, and, and caught him squatting over a Band-Aid wrapper. Wow. Yeah. Good on him. Good on him. Incredibly precise. You're in the shallow end. With Schnappley and Tom. Well, of course, you know by now what's coming in this story. Um, the scent of antiseptic mingles with the faint aroma of desperation and embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Emergency rooms around the world have tended to all types of injuries. And more often than we'd like to think, not your run-of-the-mill scraped knees or, or paper cuts or whatever. Sometimes they are self-inflicted wounds of epic proportions, the kind that make you question, well, human intelligence, frankly. Everyday medical professionals brace themselves for potential medical madness. One thing they know for certain, the excuses will be entertaining, shall we say. <laughs> I'm thinking of every story you've had like this where somebody walks in some with with something in a particular orifice right. of the human body mm -hmm. and they uh, without fail they they almost always say i fell on yes it. yeah well there's a story of a, a grown man with a sheepish look on his face limped into an er sporting a sprained ankle and mm. uh, a look of utter defeat when questioned about the cause of his injury, uh, he said he stammered something about uh, attempting an Olympic level interpretive dance routine in the shower. <laughs> you are you buying this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> it depends. How big's a shower? Go go on with your story. Then there was a case of Mrs. Butterfingers. We'll call her. Uh, she presents with a broken toe. 
at the mm-hmm. ER. Her excuse? Okay. Uh, she mm-hmm. tripped over her own feet while engaged in a heated debate with her pet goldfish over geopolitical ramifications of global yeah. warming. Okay, I'm calling BS on that one. <laughs> Next. Next. There's this hapless soul who insisted that his uh, black eye was the result of a ferocious battle with a rogue vacuum cleaner. Hmm. According to him, it was a vicious skirmish. It lasted for hours with the vacuum ultimately (laughs) emerging victorious, leaving him bruised, battered and nursing his ego. Hmm. I'm surprised he admitted that the that the vacuum cleaner won. Makes you wonder what really happened. If he's willing to admit that he was in a fight with a vacuum cleaner for four hours and lost. There was an elderly couple that came to uh, the ER and their expressions were a mixture of concern and embarrassment. The man was clearly in distress, offers only terse responses to the triage nurse's inquiries, steadfastly refusing to divulge the nature of his ailment at least in his wife's presence. Hmm. So she takes him into a private room. She ushers him into a uh, little little side room away from prying ears and judgmental glances. And the elderly gentleman finally lets out a sigh of relief and confesses his bizarre predicament to the uh, attending staff. Quote, Oh, boy. I had a plastic Easter egg lodged deep in me bum. End quote. (laughs) Talk about an Easter egg. There's only so much enthusiasm I have for searching for Easter eggs. That one would have gotten overlooked, I think. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I'm fine. They asked him why he did that. And he said, quote, I wanted to know what it was like to be a chicken. (laughs) Another patient's arrival raised eyebrows. Um, A man limps in and his scrotum is all scratched up. Okay. Yeah. It's revealed that he had a penchant for nude excursions into a local pond where he delighted in enticing ducks close to him with scattered breadcrumbs around his nether region. I think I'd rather hear about a pancreas digesting itself than this. Needless to say, the avian feeding frenzy didn't go quite as planned. Avian feeding frenzy, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, in the realm of urological misfortunes, a uh, a hapless individual recounts a recent ordeal to a uh, bemused urologist. One particularly memorable incident involved his uh, penis being ensnared in the unforgiving grasp of a pair of scissor handles, uh, leaving him in a state of panicked entrapment. Uh, Despite his efforts to free himself... Uh, the swelling rendered traditional methods futile, leading to a rather unconventional solution, the urgent intervention of a Dremel saw to uh, sever the scissors from his oh, oh intimacy. Uh, okay. Yeah. And his <clears throat> his excuse you had, was you had a problem with with pancreas <laughs> and, and I'm supposed to be able to yeah. put up with a Dremel, a Dremel. to get rid <laughs> to get rid of scissors. Wrapped around that part of the body? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's your turn. Um, Jesus, man. His, his excuse was, uh, he said he, he just loved doing arts and crafts naked. <laughs> naked arts and crafts, yeah. okay. And just when you think you've heard it all, along comes the tale of a man who found himself in an uncomfortably close encounter with a beloved childhood toy. He, quote, sat 
on Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> the brave strain, <laughs> the brave space ranger reduced to a casualty of unforeseen seating arrangements. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. But that leads us oh. to this tale. In the bustling streets of Chenzhou City in uh, in China, our protagonist Lian Tian is in a predicament or found himself in one that can only be described as uniquely mortifying. 61-year-old gentleman finds himself in a rather delicate position after an ill-fated encounter with a protruding pipe intended for the innocent purpose of extracting water from the building's air conditioning unit. Now, one might assume such a mishap to be the result of a particularly harrowing plumbing incident or a misguided DIY project gone awry, but no, his explanation for his dire straits is uh, baffling and bizarre. He got his member stuck in, a, in, in this pipe in the side of the wall. He claims that it was a mistake. It was a misstep. He found himself ensnared in the unforgiving embrace of the aforementioned pipe, leaving him in a state of bewildered entrapment. In an interview with The Mirror, he said, It was so hot, I was painting the wall in the nude, and I slipped on the floor, causing my private parts to fall inside the pipe, which was protruding from the wall to take water outside from the air conditioning unit. Unfortunately, I got stuck as a result. Yes, yes, I see. He goes on, I thought no one would believe me, so I tried everything I could think of to get the damned thing off once it had gotten stuck. I cut the pipe away from the wall and tried pouring oil and liquid soap down the sides, but my manhood was so tightly wedged that nothing dripped down. I went to sleep thinking that if I relaxed, it would slide off, but it didn't. It began to get red and inflamed. I was worried that I would get a terrible infection. With the stubborn determination of a man desperate to avoid public scrutiny, he endured this particular plight for two days, Lindsay. No, no, stop it. He refused to seek assistance out of fear that his tale would fall on skeptical ears. Yeah, I can imagine that. It wasn't until a fever began to ravage his body that he finally relented and sought the aid of medical professionals who, faced with the gravity of the situation, deemed it necessary to summon reinforcements in the form of the local fire brigade. <laughs> so here's a guy who didn't even want to go to the doctor. Now the whole fire department's there. How'd that decision work out? <laughs> They're armed with the tools of their trade and a sense of bemused wonder. Four hours they toiled to liberate this man from his metallic prison. Uh, and they used every manner of cutting implement that they could think of oh in a bid to free his, free his beleaguered manhood from the steel confines. As the dust settled, the man emerged from his ordeal, red-faced, undoubtedly humiliated. Uh, he offered the sheepish explanation for his misadventure, citing a slippery floor and a moment of unfortunate clumsiness as the catalyst for his predicament. And though his tale might seem a bit outlandish to believe um it does Mm -hmm. serve as a uh, cautionary reminder to the perils of both diy home improvement and the pursuit of artistic expression in the buff but yes lest you think his plight is a mere anomaly rest assured that he is not the first 
and probably not the last, to find himself in such a compromising position. Tales abound of men with their appendages trapped in everything from park benches. Remember I did a story about that one? I had forgotten that, but how could one forget that? Yeah. To toasters. Somebody has showed up with a toaster (laughs) stuck on their wing dang doodle. Yeah. You you think putting a steak in it is a bad idea? (laughs) Now what would you pay? And of course, steel pipes. That seems to be a favorite. Each incident more confounding than the last, whether you chalk it up to the curious nature of mankind or just sheer human folly. One thing is certain. When it comes to the absurdity of our own misfortunes, truth indeed is stranger than fiction. Um, That story and those stories came from The Mirror, The Telegraph, BuzzFeed, and Huffington Post. And of course, perfectly segueing back to what that YouTube comment said about no matter how embarrassing it is, please be straightforward with your doctor. (laughs) And it's it's interesting that uh, this episode of the Box of Oddities is, in fact, brought to you by ZocDoc. <laughs> ZocDoc.com slash TSE. TSE. When you talked about the Buzz Lightyear ending up yeah. where it did, I, I was trying to figure out before you said what toy it was. I thought, okay, what's, what's one of the worst things that could end up there? And the first thing that popped in my mind was Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> Yeah, you knocked my block off (laughs) and my pancreas. Wait, it's worse than that. It's so much worse. I hate this. There you have it. Y'all feeling better about yourself now? Good, you should. Anyway, we love getting your emails. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. Yes, it is. I almost gave out the rule again. Please don't send it to the curator because... He's busy enough. He's got right. He's got a lot on his hands right <laughs> he's now. He's got a ton going on. <sighs> Leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We appreciate your emails and story ideas. Thank you. And make good choices. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. Okay, gotta go.